Hello and welcome to the ESG Fitness Podcast. The aim of this podcast is to help you think, learn and grow and hopefully smile and laugh on the way too. My aim here is to break down your barriers to taking action and provide you with evidence-based diet and exercise information in a fun and interesting way. I hope I nail that and I hope you enjoy. If at any point you are enjoying this and you think, wouldn't it be great to work with Emma? You can head to esgfitness.co.uk to find out more information. Without further ado, because I hate long introductions, here is this episode. Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. I am still in Albania. Yesterday was the first time in a very, very long time that I missed a Monday podcast and it just, it just didn't work. Like it was, uh, do you know why it was actually? There's a very legitimate excuse. And that is because we were staying in an Airbnb that was actually a construction site. Like our apartment was done, none of the others were. And it was so loud constantly that I could, like, I mean, the recording would have been awful, but also I couldn't even think. I didn't realise how much it has impacted me until I got here. And now I feel freaking great. So anyway, it's very quiet now and I can finally record this podcast for you. So I hope that you enjoy it. It is on overtraining. And this is a horrible trap that I see a lot of women, I wouldn't say women, but you know what, men obviously as well, but I work with primarily women. So I see a lot of women fall into this where they are usually trying to lose weight and doing excessive amounts of exercise. And this is often, but not always, but I tend to see this trend quite often with things like gym classes or doing a lot of CrossFit or doing a hell of a lot of cardio. And there are numerous problems with this, but I'm going to discuss primarily two big areas today. So number one is the overtraining side. And number two is the other big issue, which is why it doesn't work for fat loss and actually why it can hold you back. And then maybe we'll do three or then we're going to lead on to the mindset around this and how you get your head around it because it can be very counterintuitive right you're like well if some training is good why isn't just doing more better I'm going to explain how that can hold you back and how you can get your head around that and implement it to get better results and have a better quality of life so now that we know the structure of the podcast let's start with overtraining And I'm going to start with more is not always better when it comes to most things in life. But that is especially true when it comes to exercise. And it's easy to fall into this trap of thinking, well, if I do some training, I'll get good results. And then if I do more, I must get better results. But there comes a point when your body can no longer recover from the amount of exercise that you are doing. And at this point, you are putting in a load of effort but you're not getting more returns for those increased efforts. And actually before that point, you're still reach a point where you kind of saturate, saturate, (laughs) saturate the productivity of exercise. And by that, I mean, you start to plateau and get this law of diminishing returns. So the first one hour of exercise you do gives you incredible returns in terms of health, in terms of building muscle, in terms of all the positives that come from exercise. But the more and more you do after that, 
the less and less returns you're getting per unit of effort or time put into exercise. And then at some point, this is the point of kind of overtraining, the returns aren't just diminishing, as in smaller, they are actually negative. So you're putting in more effort and you're actually going backwards. So we only have a finite amount of time and energy in our day to put to good use. If you continue beyond that point at which you kind of stagnate in terms of the benefits you're getting from exercise, then your performance actually starts to drop. So you are getting negative outcomes from doing more work. That makes absolutely zero sense to do. If you don't allow yourself to recover, you will be starting from a lower performance point in your next workout. So basically the way that exercise works, the way that improving exercise performance works, whether it's strength training, fitness, endurance, etc., is that you create a stimulus with exercise. That's all exercise is. You're creating a stimulus. And this is a stress to your body. And the way that your body adapts to a stress is it makes changes so that next time it's under that same stress, it will be better able to deal with it. So in the in like relation to a workout here, you're putting your body under stress and then adapts to that stress so that next time it can lift that little bit heavier or can push that little bit harder or can run that little bit further for that little bit longer, whatever the adaptation is you're working on. Otherwise, if you don't give yourself time to adapt to that, then you're starting from a lower ability point in your next workout. And if you do that consistently, you will reach a point of overtraining. So you can get away with doing this for a period of time. And many people will purposefully what's termed overreach for a period of time, which means I'm just laughing at myself because I actually use inverted commas with my hands, despite the fact that I'm on a podcast. If anyone's wondering, if anyone listens to this and has actually seen me on a live or seen me speak or probably has just met me or been around me, you will know how like how much I use my hands, how much I'm a gesticulator. Well, the same is true for when I'm literally just talking to my laptop. Anyway, now you can envision that. What was my point? Ah, yes. Okay, so you can get away with overreaching for a given period of time and then you do or you implement what's called a deload week. So this is how a lot of strength training cycles are programmed. You really push your body and you push it kind of past the point that it can actually adapt to. And then you give it time to adapt. So you're creating a really big stimulus on it and then you're giving it time to adapt. However, if you skip that deload week, if you do not give your body time to adapt, if you do this for too long, if you overreach for too long and don't allow your body to recover, you will experience worse training results. And this can also impact things like your energy levels, your irritability, your hormone levels, your neural recovery, you have increased risk of injury, you can have impaired immune function. So it has a real impact and a really important impact. Not just are you wasting time and energy and effort, and there's nothing worse than wasting time, like we only have so much time and energy and effort, like even if you zoom out on this and you look at your whole life, like where are you putting your time and effort? Is it where, are you putting it where it actually means the most to you? What are your values? And a lot of people hide behind this, like one of my values is health, right? Well then fucking live by it. If your value is health, then overtraining is not with your value. You might be like, yeah, but exercise is with my value. No, it's not. A certain amount of exercise, for sure, 
if you're exercising to the point of overtraining, it's not in line with your values. It's not in line with your health. And when you're not living in line with your values, that's bad. I don't know what I was going to say. So I'm just going to finish with that's bad. So as you can see, too much of a good thing, exercise, a good thing, an incredible thing, still too much of it, no longer a good thing. Think of exercise as the stimulus and then rest and recovery as your time to adapt. You need both. You can't get away with just one. So yes, to be very clear with this, what I am saying is that you can train too much and you will get worse results. So you can do more and you will get worse results. And I know this from experience. And so I'm actually going to talk about this a little bit because maybe it will be helpful to people. I used to train like most days, twice a day. And I quite quickly had to change that because I started a new job. And anyway, life changed. And basically I went, I, I more than halved my training volume. And in doing that, I really did realise a few things. And this was as like, you know, a sports science graduate who kind of knows what they're doing. Like I understood overtraining, I understood overreaching. I used to do, like, I mean, I used to programme for people, periodised strength training programmes. Like I completely knew the physiology, but yeah, I still overtrained. And the the massive realisation for me was I, I dropped my training volume, the number of workouts I was doing by over a half and literally nothing changed. Like my performance didn't drop at all. I didn't put on any body fat, like nothing changed. I looked exactly the same. And I was like, I was literally spinning my wheels for half of the time I was spending in the gym. What a freaking waste of time and effort. The other thing that I'm pretty sure I lulled myself into that I see, you know, you don't know, but I think I probably see this in other people. It seems very similar anyway, is thinking that I had high energy levels. So when you're used to being fatigued most of the time and I'm not talking about like serious conditions like chronic fatigue syndrome I'm talking about just being like basically overworked like in a in a slight state of overtrained maybe overreaching whatever the definition doesn't really matter I was doing too much exercise when you're used to having kind of that low energy level continuously and by the way you may find that you get away with it during the workout I mean outside of the workout like your energy is just like quite low and a lot of that turns up in how you show up like how much you gesticulate how how present you are and obviously that's personal but I'm pretty sure I was moving around a hell of a lot less and I was you know things would seem like a bit of a drag to do like oh man I forgot my car keys that means going all the way down the stairs again and going all the way back outside again and blah 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 blah. whereas now I wouldn't even think about it like I think some those kind of subconscious level energy drops that you become so habituated to like that was just my normal feeling so I didn't know that I had low energy and then and I think this is the other hard thing when you cut your training volume down when you stop overtraining it doesn't just immediately increase your energy levels like you have to give it time so it might take three months of dropping your training to actually start to see some of the benefits of that and actually start to feel better and show up better and your mood improve and your irritability reduce and you start to see things a little bit more positively and you've got that extra energy that takes time it's not just like you can be like oh yeah well I had a rest week didn't make any difference so obviously it doesn't matter for me no (laughs) that's not how it works so from my experience like doing that not only saved me a hell of a lot of time effort 
and actually massively grow my business and the rest of my life. Like imagine how much more time, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I'm doing like 10 plus workouts a week. I'm spending over 10 hours of my life in the gym a week. Do you really think that's the best place for you to be spending your time? It might be, and you might consciously make that choice. And I am not judging that. That's absolutely fine if that's what's right for you. I just want to make sure that it is right for you. And that is where you want to spend your time. I have loads of mates who are mega into CrossFit. They get a hell of a lot of their social life from that as well. And it's genuinely where they want to spend their time. But you have to look at your life as a whole. Is that really? And I know for me in my mid-20s, was that where I wanted to spend my time? Was that where I would be happy looking back when I got to 30, 35 and be like, yeah, I'm really happy I spent my time there and not working on my business or not upskilling in a certain way or not doing an extra degree or not studying for this or blah, blah, blah. Like, If that's your choice and looking back, you would be happy with it. Great. Crack on. Do it. It wasn't for me. And so that's what changed. Okay, point two. This is why overtraining or overexercising or exercising a hell of a lot and really ramping up your expenditure via exercise doesn't work for fat loss. So as I've said, many women get stuck in this kind of trap of thinking more is better. And then they have these very high energy expenditure levels. Let's say they're doing six classes a week and then they're also doing their 12,000 steps and their resistance training on top of that and then they have this fear of reducing the amount of that the amount of expenditure they're doing because they think that then they will put on weight this makes sense right that's pretty logical okay well I'm expending all this energy so you know if I reduce that expenditure then I'll be putting on on weight that that does make sense I'll put on body fat however if you're reducing energy output then obviously in theory you would put on weight, but it's not quite that simple. You have to remember that the energy balance equation has two sides and these two sides directly impact each other. So when I'm talking about the two sides, I simply mean your expenditure on one side and then your intake on the other side. So increasing your exercise beyond a point is actually probably detrimental to weight loss because of its impact on hunger and thus how hard it is to stick to your calories. So, in theory, yeah, I get it. There's logic behind more expenditure being good for fat loss, but it can trip you up if you go too far. And the reason this is hard to be precise about, like, this is too much expenditure, and this isn't enough, and this is exactly how much you should have, is that everyone responds differently. So the research on hunger and the response of, well, the response of your hunger to exercise is very diverse or they call it heterogeneity in research. Essentially, this means that there are variable responses to exercise in relation to hunger. So some people experience really increased hunger way beyond the energy that they've expended in the exercise and others experience relatively small increases in hunger. So if you're someone who experiences relatively small increases in in hunger, then you may find that increased expenditure is a really good way for you to aid your fat loss. But if you're someone who experiences really quite heightened hunger when you increase expenditure, then unfortunately 
that's potentially going to hold you back a little bit with fat loss. I mean, for context on this, the other day, <laughs> Amelia and I had to walk all over Albania. I mean, Albania is a bit extreme. All over the place we were staying in Albania to find a vet. And also we'd gone on a big walk up this hill in the morning and then we went and looked at this like incredible river. Anyway, we went on, we did a lot of walking. I think we did about 32,000 steps and I'm not exaggerating, most of which up really steep hills. And the next day I was so unbelievably hungry the whole day. So it really does have like sometimes actually a really quite quick direct impact. And I would say that the vast majority of people experience increased hunger beyond the amount of energy that they have expended during the exercise. So that's something to be really aware of. Now, remember that exercise has so many benefits beyond just burning calories or beyond just its impact on fat loss. But I'm just talking about it kind of almost from the other perspective here of people who are doing too much exercise. This could be what's holding you back in terms of fat loss. So this can be like genuinely, it might seem quite extreme, but like it's quite heartbreaking to see people who are putting in so much effort and going into all these classes. And this is typically what I used to see in gyms is that they'd be doing all the classes, doing back to back classes and putting in all this, all this effort and then really struggling to stick to their diet because of this increased hunger that came from the increased expenditure. And it's a bit of a trap that people fall into. So you have to acknowledge, because it's hard, once you're in that position, it's hard to get your head around, I need to do less to get better results. That's a really hard mindset to crack. So you have to acknowledge that increased expenditure will drive increased intake of food. And that drive, more than, like, more than, more than often, does that even make sense? More often than not, that's what I would say. More often than not, that increased drive to eat wins out which means that it's a lot harder to lose body fat if you're over exercising i'm gonna wrap up with a few common questions around this topic so the first one is usually how much exercise is too much exercise or how many rest days should i have and these are damn good questions and i honestly wish i had like a direct answer for them but any generic answer won't help here it's a lot like saying, how many calories should I consume without any context? It will depend on individual factors. So when you're considering how many rest days, some of the considerations you should be thinking about is rates of recovery. And this varies for everyone and is dependent on factors like your fitness level, your sleep, your life stress, your demands, um, your nutrition, probably your genetics to an extent, because some people respond differently to exercise than other people do. So just because a CrossFit athlete can recover from two workouts a day, it doesn't mean that you can. They Not only are they probably taking their recovery extremely seriously, they probably go to bed at 8pm, they fuel themselves really well, and that's a huge part of their day. They're probably getting sports massages. I've also heard rumor that they're also very fit so if you're fitter you can recover quicker so this is another thing although when you're starting out maybe like three workouts a week is enough for you and then maybe after a while you become a bit fitter and you're like actually I can recover and adapt to four workouts a week now so part of it is fitness and you can increase that if that is the direction that you want to go but unfortunately there isn't a set rule of 
you need to have X rest days a week or this is too much exercise as a blanket statement. I will say for general, generally for most people, like I, I know that optimally for me, two rest days a week is the best thing I can do. Now, I still do, and again, it's probably not that interesting to, to many people, but I sometimes get questions about this. I still do my pull-ups and my push-ups and my lunges in the morning. Every single morning, that's my morning routine. I do it every morning. Now, for some people, that might seem like a lot of volume because it's 30 of each. But because I do it every day, my body is now very used to that. And thus, I can recover from that. And that's absolutely fine for me, but it might not be for other people. Or it might be that they also have to work up to that. I'm sure that I would be probably under-recovering from that if I went from doing nothing to that every single day within a very short period of time. Another comment I got after posting about this last week was, my concern is weight gain. If I reduce activity and thus expenditure, won't I gain weight? And this tends not to happen for two reasons, as discussed before, hunger and exercise is one of them, the relationship between increased hunger and increased activity levels. And the lower energy expenditure actually makes it easier to stick to your calories a lot of the time. Plus, the overestimation of calories expended during exercise. So part of the fear behind, oh, if I reduce the amount of classes I do per week is your thought process around how many calories that actually burns. And then realistically, it's not half as much as what you think in comparison to, let's say, you know, some classes, it might be like, yeah, well, that's that's the difference between you having a muffin with your latte after the class or not. Like, that's actually how many calories that you expended. So when you put it into the context with food, you can see that actually being a little bit more aware of your food choices can have a much bigger impact, especially if you're someone who, and this is really common as well, has a little bit of the mindset of, well... I went and did this class, which means that I can eat a little bit more tonight. And actually, sometimes that little bit more is a little bit more than you maybe expected. And also your assumption that you burnt more calories than you did means that you've actually eaten more calories than you expended during that class. And I completely understand that a lot of this seems counterintuitive. But when you work through it, it's not. It sometimes just takes a little bit of convincing yourself and reassuring yourself. And this is where shockingly I'm about to say this journaling comes in really useful so I'm going to walk you through this right one way you can do this is to write down the concerns that you have okay in this instance I'm worried if I reduce my exercise I will put on fat now question it do I know this to be true given the knowledge I have now no that now that doesn't always change behavior like information alone isn't always enough so you work through it what is the evidence for this not being true okay I understand what overtraining is. I know that I can only adapt to so much exercise stimulus. I know that my workouts don't actually expend as much energy as I maybe have perceived anyway. So cutting down on a few won't make a big difference to my energy balance. And I know that over-exercising can increase hunger. So actually it may be easier to stick to my diet, meaning that despite doing less exercise at the end of the week, I'm in a bigger deficit and I'm going to make more fat loss progress. Then if you still need more convincing, bargain with yourself. Let's try this for a month. The worst case scenario, you can go back to your overtraining. It's always there. It's not going anywhere. If that's your safety net, cool. It's there. You can do it again. But if you're considering this, 
at the moment, you're either not getting results or you don't have great life balance or a little bit of both, or you're putting in a hell of a lot of effort to get your results, which you probably don't need to do. And you're spinning your wheels. What I will say from experience with myself and with clients is that you can kid yourself into thinking this is the right thing and convince yourself it is because you never really question your own narrative. This is why being really inquisitive with journaling is really good. If you're totally honest with yourself, you may not have, or at least you may have convinced yourself that you might not have anything better to do than to spend three hours a day in the gym. And for some people that's true. And honestly, this is likely because, and by the way, I'm saying this because it was me, so I don't feel triggered by this. Or maybe do feel triggered by this and lead in, lean into it. But it's likely because you don't have better things to do than spend that much time in the gym because you've been spending that much time in the gym. It's become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Give yourself that time to figure out what to do with it. Maybe something that is more productive. Because after that first hour, you're really spinning your wheels. You're wasting your time, your energy, your focus. It's probably, for the vast majority of people, better spent elsewhere. Realising this was huge for me. It was a massive leap forward in business, in relationships, in friendships, in life. And it wasn't that I felt trapped by spending time in in the gym or that much time in the gym. I still go all the time. I love the gym. I love exercise. But it was the realization that it could, that extra time could be better spent elsewhere. So, and it's hard because again, it comes back to all or nothing mentality as usual. Things aren't black and white. They're not good or bad. They're good to a point, And then your time is probably better spent elsewhere. And I'm not saying that the same is definitely true for you as well. But I'm saying this because you should question it because it very well may be. And the way that you spend your time in your life is probably the most important thing. So if you found this useful, please do give it a share. It's one of the most common problems I see in women that are trying to lose weight. They're putting in a ton of effort and not getting the results that they deserve. And I don't want that to be you. Put your efforts where they are going to get results. And if you're struggling with fat loss, please feel free to reach out to me at ESG Fitness, or you can go to esgfitness.co.uk if you want to apply for coaching, or you can email me with any questions, esg at esgfitness.co.uk. And that's it. Lots of love for now. Thank you as ever for your time and attention. If you want to talk to me about coaching, or if you want to find out more about how to work with me, head over to esgfitness.co.uk. There is also lots of free information on the website and some worksheets, which I hope you will find useful. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love to hear from you. Please tag me in your stories at ESG Fitness or shoot me a message. And if you think you know anyone who would enjoy this episode, why not share it with them? Thanks, guys. 